This is Lou Moultrie. Welcome to Freedom to Talk podcast, a women's chat room. In this series, we are talking about domestic abuse and the impact it has on women and their families. The women who are speaking in this series have all been impacted by violence and abuse. This is an opportunity for these women to get their voices heard, start the conversation and dispel those myths. These are all honest accounts being discussed and can be distressing. So please, please take care when listening. Let's celebrate these women for speaking out. Lou from Freedom to Talk um, and we're gonna be doing another uh, episode. Shani has kindly um, said that she's gonna introduce it in her wonderful way. So Shani do you want to just introduce what we're gonna we're, we're just a free-for-all discussion today with um, seven including myself eight wonderful London women um, yeah, Shani, do you want to tell us tell us what this one's about? So obviously after the holiday period, we have been discussing mental health and I feel like it's a new year, but the same old trauma and the services are not there. We're not getting the help and support that we need. Um, it's so easy for them to prescribe medications, but where are the talking therapies? Where is the stuff that's going to help us get off the medications and be able to live our lives normally? It's just becoming such a dire situation and we're having to support each other because there doesn't seem to be anything else out there right now. Wow, that is the biggest um, title I've ever heard, but I love it. <laughs> but I think it, I think it has to be, it has to cover all of that. So mental health, who wants to kick, kick this one off? We've already been discussing it today, I have to say. And um, I, this morning, put a post on my Facebook. And, I mean, social media is great for some things. Is I'd already put a post on my, um, on my Facebook page just to say that, um, you know, I, I'm, I've been triggered and I feel crap. And people say, you know, just tell us, tell us you know speak about it and actually it's it's not what happens in real life it's not the support that we get so yeah and I, I was feeling pretty peed off and angry because when I as soon as I put that post on which was six o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep last night at all um by seven o'clock I had five uh women that were either friends or people I've worked with or colleagues but five women that were saying, yeah, Lou, I felt suicidal. Yeah, I've been going through the same thing. Yes, Lou, I've had triggers. Um, and going through different scenarios and feeling very alone and saying to me, I oh, thank God you've put that up there because it just, just, just made me feel normal. Um, so why is it? Why is it that we, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you can talk about this. You know, we, we talk about mental health and it's all healthy why is it that actually um the discussions are not out there we have them don't we ladies we have them yeah. all the time i feel that it's just um it's still uh like a taboo topic like mm. nobody 
wants to discuss it um i feel maybe because they feel that they're going to be judged and people are just going to think that they're crazy or um, start naming and shaming and Mm. but i you know i'd say like nine times out of ten like everyone's got some form of mental health um but People disguise it, Mina, don't they? There's loads of people I know that are taking cocaine, are taking, um, you know, different... um, They're just self-medicating, aren't they? Yeah, totally. They're taking, you know, this is no judgment on them either. You you have to do Mm. what you have to do at the time. Um, like I used to have to drink a bottle of brandy every Friday, you know, before I went out the door. <laughs> I was self-medicating to get out and be social. Um, but, you know, it's, we don't talk about it. And that's why people do self-medicate. Mm. Um, it's why they do have to keep taking um, different substances um, or alcohol or ovary and all of that stuff or, or suffer anxiety in silence. Yeah, just like, where do we go to speak about this stuff? That's just it. Like there isn't many places where you can go. And if mm. if there are places that you can go, people just don't know about it because the people I I in my opinion, I feel that the people that who who do have like a place where they offer services they don't kind of like advertise it because they wouldn't have the resources to um, maintain yeah um and there just isn't enough of it around when I you know there should be like um there should be funding for it Sorry, Mina. I I think, you know, if I said, um, you know what, why don't we set up a something similar to what we're doing, a project like this in this area and another one in another area? And I wonder if there really would be a take up on it, because, again, that um, feeling of being judged and, oh, it's not me. I don't have mental health problems and I don't, you know, I suffer depression, but I, I can get over it. I can. You know, I know a lot of people that are in debt. I think I was telling everyone I'd overspent um, yesterday online, pressing the button, <laughs> you know, on jumpers, believe it or not. As lost, not as if I haven't got a, a wardrobe full, but it was it was because I wasn't coping very well. You know, mm. that's, that's the truth of it. Um, luckily, I can send them back and I'm going to. Where do we where do we go to talk about that? Has anyone anyone had experiences of of feeling really low and there is nowhere to go? And then and then where, do, where what happens then? Like um I've I've experienced where I felt suicidal um and I wasn't coping very well. Yeah. I'd planned my whole death and everything. Um and I was referred by my GP to, um, I think, like talking therapies or something uh, to go meet them in person. And they weren't helpful at all. They just kind of like brushed everything that I had said under the carpet um, and just told me to get on with it. Um, 
So like, Mina, I'm just checking out. Did they did they use those words, or how did it feel at the time? Um, no, it was literally the, those were the words. Like, you need to get on with it. Um, oh my God. Because I started telling them um, bits of what was happening to me um when I was staying with my in-laws yeah. <clears throat> and they were just literally telling me to do what I need to do like do the chores um and just grow up um and stop moaning about it but I don't think I don't know I just felt like they didn't understand or um I think you're right <laughs> I think you're totally right um Mina how can they understand when you're so how did you how did you pick yourself up not as in get up and get on with it but how did you pick yourself up from that being in um, a suicidal place to be honest I couldn't I just felt like I was advice. very alone like mm. I felt like I had nowhere to go yeah um I didn't have anyone that would understand me like I couldn't at the time that like, I couldn't really verbalize and pinpoint mm. everything that was going on yeah. it was just certain things that was happening there and then that I was able to like verbalize and vocalize what was going on mm. half the things that was going on I didn't even understand myself but um yeah and I think that's I just, part of trauma and mental health yeah, isn't it yeah Is definitely um yeah I, I didn't I think I it turns me to taking overdose and self-harming oh I'm um, so sorry to hear that and I think we, I know that we've spoken um in our group about uh, so many different subjects you know we we're just just talking before about how children don't get the right resources you know mm. if they're not getting the right resources they're going to be the next generation of uh, what we're talking about now is mental health. Um, Louise, what are you thinking when we're all? Um, <clears throat> I'm just feeling really, really grateful to be part of this group mm. with, with, with people around me that can, you know, understand and get where I'm coming from. Because I think for so many years, I lived in a in a state of not feeling good enough and that mm. not feeling good enough leads you to feel like it would just you know it would be better if I just wasn't here nobody it wouldn't mm. have an impact on anybody because I'm useless and I just I, I, I think for myself not having such a good week last week yeah you know with the education that I've I've now got and and you know back before I would have been drinking or completely overspending or anything to try and mm. numb it whereas now you know even though it's difficult I I will sit with it mm. um but uh, and I I feel like there needs to there needs to be more safe places because I don't you know I've had counseling um I've been to the doctors many a time yeah, yeah. trying to explain how I felt I think that's most probably all of us on here isn't yeah. it uh, definitely. I don't feel like I don't feel like I've I don't feel like there's many places 
well, don't feel like there's hardly any places that have made me feel sat as safe and unjudged as I feel here. Yeah. yeah. I have to tell everyone that I've paid Louise in £50 notes. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes such a huge difference. And this is, this is what needs to be, you know, that, that's when somebody's feeling that vulnerable, mm. that's one of the most important things. You know, Louise, I, I, I love this space, you know, um, that we've created because it is the, I think it's just so undervalued the importance of talking and not even talking about mm. therapy. I know therapy is a, is a crucial sometimes part of healing um, from trauma. And most of us are victims of either childhood trauma or combination of childhood trauma, sexual abuse, in childhood uh, rape. Um, and domestic abuse there's a combination of all of that running through this group I, I feel that um, talking is so so and people listening as well um, is so so incredibly um, important but understated so people could set up these groups you know um, I think that's why years ago I know I'm going off track now as I do but I, th I was just <laughs> thinking about years ago when um the family unit seemed to be more important um, with aunties and uncles um, and extended family and cousins. Um, I feel like maybe, I don't know. See, as soon as I said that, I thought, oh no, I could think of all different cases where that isn't, that isn't good. Mm -hmm. But actually, you know, where there are strong, healthy families, I think I'm talking about, where you have generations, different generations, and people talk. People met up on a regular basis and got together and, and discussed things. And your aunties, I never had this in my family, I have to say. So I don't know if this is a fantasy or where I've watched too much TV. But, um, you know, where families meet up and your aunties will all have a chat with you and um, not, not directing you, but talk, you know, and and... Um, be part of something be part of guidance and care and love I, I think yeah I think it's so underrated not just for women for men as well you know for boys in all generations um, yeah I don't know where that came well, from. I think a huge part of it is like you said to, to to be listened to to be heard and for it not to be brushed under the carpet like Mina said, it, it, it's it's not a case of oh well that happened back then you know get over it or mm. it it's to be told that it's okay not to be okay yeah and to validate what's actually happened to us yeah I mean to feel in that place that you were Mina and then to have that response um, you know well done for being here I think. Um, some of us um never go to services and we have a really negative response like get on with it um, from our family and from our friends mm. and um you know another thing we were talking about earlier was how it's not recognized that yes i'm still traumatized oh yeah it was when i was a child and um you know in my early teens or whatever and now i am 52 and yes i still get triggered Yes, I still have flashbacks. Yes, I still have bad dreams. Yes, I'm able to cope. 
uh, with most things, but I have some really bad days sometimes, which causes my post-traumatic stress um, to go haywire. Why is it that that's so hard for people to understand unless you are a soldier, you know, and this is no disrespect to anyone in the armed forces. I have great respect for them. Um, you know, it's almost like accepted. Oh yeah, post-traumatic stress, we understand that. We understand that. But if you are a victim of violence, um, it's almost like, or a, a victim of an abusive marriage or abusive parents. Aren't you over that yet? That was 10 years ago, you know. Would you say that to someone um, that her, that has, you know, almost that proof and that badge of honour because mm. it's in an establishment? Um, I don't think you would. I don't know many people that would, would question that um, from a soldier. I think one of the comments that I've had a lot from family members in my family mm. is, you know, that happened when you was a child, for God's sake. You're an adult now. Yeah. why do you keep living in the past yeah well, do you honestly think I enjoy having flashbacks etc I don't choose to yeah. live like that mm. oh god I can so relate to that I'm just thinking of how many people in my family it's like oh I think she likes talking about it you know I've been through worse I have one person in my family tell me the story details about um what abuse they went through um as as a much younger person and um almost like as a badge of honor it's like look at me um look at look at how i've you know i don't go on about it um but yeah i do look at you and i can see how um actually you refuse to acknowledge mental health and how some people are ill around you so it's um it's that's it's that stigma, isn't it? Again, that um, I'm strong. Um, where I see people as, as strong is when they're vulnerable. Yeah. In a strange yeah. sort of way. I don't know how you explain that. Does everyone know what I mean? Everyone's nodding, but do, do you all yeah. know what I mean when I say yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Nina, what do you think about what we're saying? And only just, to, you know, everyone's invited to... to um, speak freely um so i've been in a similar place to to mina um and was given medication mm. um and i've also previous to that real low low stage i'd done years of therapy but privately um it wasn't in this country admittedly mm. but from what i hear the similarities, um, they can occur here as well, in that the therapy that is given is not targeted for domestic abuse, mm. for domestic violence. So you would have to seek out um, specific domestic violence counsellors, yeah. whereas normal talking therapies or other accessible services they may just be dealing with um, general um, mental health issues, mm. whatever they may be. But when you need to, from my experience, you need to access the trauma, the things that go deeper. I was going to say, as you said that, I was thinking of a deeper level of trauma 
it's um, very very deep mm. and it can be historic and it can be generational where they're not looking at that mm. um so in the end for me in the situation that i've come from because um it has come i did come from abroad um how can i put it i did have access i was quite lucky actually when I'd come out of my really low suicidal period mm. is when I started soon after that, I started freedom, which saved me yeah. your program. Yeah. Um, I've paid, I've paid. Yeah, no, I'm not joking. It's more, the 50s more, therapeutic, more therapeutic than years of therapy that I had ever, ever had. And I tried all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, following that, I was very lucky to also have had access to another service. Um, I don't know if I can mention it here. Oh, please but, do. Yeah, we need yeah. to know about good services. So it was through, it was the Ascent. Um, oh, right. Isn't that Women and Girls Network? Yes. In London. Yeah. They yeah. are fab. They were fabulous. I went on one session, which was course. It was a six-week course, which was interrupted. Yeah. Um, and I do believe a lot of the time it's also the facilitator that makes all the difference yeah. Mm. Yeah. In, within the same program. So that was interrupted and it, because of COVID, it came back um, an online version Yeah. and there was an amazing facilitator. Wow. I don't know if I can name as well. Um, um, yeah, go on. Yeah, Pavine? we need to know about these fantastic Pavine? workers. Pavine. Oh, yeah, I spoke to Pavine. Is she is amazing. She I know you know her. Yeah. yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, and she immediately identified that I needed one-to-one mm. sessions, trauma sessions, yeah. and so I was very lucky to have that. So I had dedicated, targeted. Um, sessions oh what a but difference isn't it Nina when we get was, people that know their stuff yeah instead of just like letting us sit in it and but it's finding them I've been lucky and I can't I can't deny that but I understand people out there luck, it shouldn't luck. have to be luck that's what I mean you should yeah. be able to access this without having to have millions to be able to try they all say all oh, try around different therapists well how can you if you don't have the money yeah, to yeah. do that yeah um and to back all this up as well, mm. um, I felt that I was also very lucky in that I also, um, through volunteering, managed to have access to the Slam Recovery College, which I myself have found very useful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they do targeted sessions and you join when you want. And then I also did my own. Um, I've done a lot of courses as well. So yeah. it, it's all backed up. And then plus, um, was it Louise that was saying um, how useful this has been? More useful than this. This is like therapy, a, a super special therapy at, that, at a different level. Does anyone want to join in and actually explain what this is? Because um, it's no, no singing and dancing, um, spectacular on stage setting. This is, you know, I'm going to... I'd like someone else to, you know, yeah. put it from their point of view, but it, it's on, we, we're women talking. Like for me, um, this has been a safe place. I think this is like the first time in all the years that I've been trying to get help um, 
this has been the safe place for me to speak mm. um, and I can meet real people who have lived similar kind of experiences to me and I can really relate <clears throat> and it makes me feel like I'm normal I'm not abnormal there's nothing wrong with me um, and it's okay that I have felt the way I have felt and there's been a reason to why I have felt the way I have felt there's been a reason to why I've done the things that I've done um and it just all makes sense and it's kind of made me a lot stronger knowing that there's been other people like myself going through similar situations um and just knowing that I'm not alone yeah totally I mean I can see I can see Anna nodding <laughs> so so join in if you want Anna only if you want to <laughs> but yeah it's um it's you I I do believe um, and maybe Anna can back me up on this or, or or challenge me on it. But I do believe that there is something that it is just so simple about regular, you know, having a space that is weekly, not monthly, that is um, not expensive, that is that we can get there. So it is online. And, and maybe I would have challenged whether we could do this sort of stuff online. But, you know, COVID has sort of pushed us to look at how we work now and and what's available but I believe that it is the consistency and the space that is open and there and we do we did have we started off we had to have some guidelines about safety and about confidentiality and about respect for each other all the 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 you know the things that you would expect in any group but once that was um, you know, once that was aired, it's just a space that we all meet every week um, to just be. And I, I feel like that has been the most important thing. You can just be. And sometimes it's hard when you when you have mental health to talk about stuff. Yeah. What I wanted to say is for the first time today, I've really struggled with this group, as in I find it hard to talk about DV, why would I want to burden myself with DV? Because I've been, I spent so many years living it, etc. cetera. Um, so I have struggled with this group, but for today, for example, uh, difficulty with my younger daughter going to school, she refused. Mm. And I felt a real pull to come on this call to mm. find some, uh, sense and logic to how I'm feeling Um, so I actually really 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 wanted to come on this call today which is the first time I felt that actual sort of kind of pull Mm. Um, and it's that learning to take care of ourselves Anna I really realized learning Anna to take care of herself and it is all right you know yeah yeah, I think for me, it's, um, I feel like I've been transported into another world and I'm learning and growing. I didn't realise that 
people have feelings. I didn't realize our 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 day was um, uh, mapped out by our feelings, etc. It seems kind of crazy, but I just didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so now to discuss feelings and how you're feeling is just revolutionary for me. And to learn that other people might be feeling the same way or that your body is reacting because you're feeling like that is just so empowering to know all these kind of things. Uh, a bit, uh, an example would be that I didn't know what a trigger was until a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, Anna, that's huge, isn't it? Because triggers, we're triggered most of the time. If we, we've suffered trauma, a lot of us are in our trauma and being triggered sometimes for days and we're, we're, we're self, I call it um, self-soothing, but self-soothing before we know what that is can be um, very sabotaging because it's usually what we've picked up at a point of, of, of a really vulnerable place. So it could be drink. Um, self-soothing can be overeating or, or just just like spending too much like me um shoplifting I think I spoke about this before I had like when when um I was in my early 20s and just had my my two babies um you know I was out shoplifting most of the time for, for ridiculous things that I didn't need I mean how shameful can that feel um, that people think that you would have been a thief or it would stuff that I never ever spoke about I don't even understand why I did it but we are drawn to do things to ease things you know some some people will gamble I mean I could just go through a list now um, anything that I'm missing out please let me know but I'm thinking of um, substance alcohol abuse they're usually the first things that come to mind but um, you know a sex addiction um yeah shoplifting um what else what else there's hundreds and I can't think of think of them but they can be really um sabotaging to our lives as we get older they don't fit anymore they don't serve a purpose and actually we just bury ourselves in that shame so it can be really difficult um can I just give you an example of oh we talked we talked about this been under the head of mental health I decided not to my contract ended and I decided not to go back to work um, for the sake of my kids and for the sake of my mental health I I couldn't I honestly say I couldn't work Mm. um, because my head I just couldn't function in the day Um, I have not got to the stage two years later where I can go to an interview and comfortably say, I took two years off to look after my mental health. Mm-hmm. Until we get to that, that stage, I think we're not there. Um, yeah. Oh, God, and- Anna, what a great, what a great um, thing to bring into this conversation mm-hmm. is um, you are so right. And didn't it but as as a person as a specialist working in db i think um you know there's an i don't i don't know a lot of specialists that talk about this stuff yet it should be you know hugely important about talking about mental health when you're frontline staff working with this stuff uh, and um 
you know, there will be a percentage, as there is in society, of those workers that have been traumatised as children, you know, why, or, or, or as adults that have drawn them to those jobs as well. Not all, but some of them. I never, very, very rarely have I heard in conferences um, about us as workers, as women, as people, as humans, having to take care. I almost sound like I'm the one that's got a problem because I'm constantly saying, are we all taking care? Um, do we look after ourselves and promote what we promote in, um, you know, other victims of crime? Are we, are we looking after ourselves? Are we just giving that message to others and we go home and collapse? Um, and I've seen people, um, you know, don't really respond to that. Why is that? Is that the shame? So, yeah, it's it's huge. Thank you for bringing that in, Anna. Yeah, any, uh, any, oh, sorry, Anna. So I think it takes immense courage to go to the doctor to say you're depressed or, there's, you know, you need antidepressants. It also takes immense courage and time to go to a woman's refuge or mm. woman's aid, etc. So that has to be praised, not demonised. Yeah. Um, and it is demonised. Um, and I just cannot get to the get to the point where I can happily say, look, I've taken the two years off because I needed to look after myself. I didn't know that at the time, but that's yeah. what I've uh, had to do. Yeah. I've learned loads within these two years and I believe I'm a stronger person. And to me, the person that I'm presenting in that interview now mm. is a much stronger person than two years ago. Yeah. So I just cannot, I think it's all... It's all talk in the media. Um, we, it's all hyped up that we talk about a mental health. But actually, I agree. We don't. I, yeah. I, I agree. I think everyone's agreeing. Um, I agree. I think it's all border dash. That is a word, isn't it? <laughs> dash a word? I thought that was a game. I don't know. I don't know where I've heard that. That's stopping me swearing as well. Um, is is yeah? Oh yeah, we can speak about mental health. Can we? I've only just recently, well, I've only just recently had to do a CV after years and years, and I've put it in my CV um, about that I'm traumatised and I've suffered complex, I suffer, not suffered, um, complex post-traumatic stress disorder and um, have to take care of myself. I've put it in my CV, and I, and but I think that I've, I'm honest, I think I've only put it in my C, CV now because I'm 52 and I think, sod you, I've got nothing to lose, but I'm not quite sure. I don't, I don't know um, if I would have had the courage to do that in my 20s, because that's when I was suffering it as well. And it was really, oh, it was heightened. Um, how many people would welcome that and say, wow, you have a lot of life experience, bring it, bring it to your position, because there will be other people out there so yeah, I'm just aware of time, everyone. Um, and not all of us have spoken. Is there anyone that wants to speak? Because there's quite a few of us here. So, can I just um, buy the family cord? Hmm. Um, and from my personal experience, I've I've asked for mental health help twice before. Mm -hmm. um, one time, I self-referred myself to talking therapies mm -hmm. and. 
um, they kind of helped, but they didn't. Um, they helped in a way that they referred me to a domestic abuse service. Um, yeah. But what they offered was um, cognitive behavioural therapy that didn't help at all. Is that um, six weeks still, Jenny? That was six weeks. Um, and after four, um, the therapist, all I did then was I was in the midst of preparing to leave the domestic abuse situation. And mm. all I did in the, in the sessions were cry um yeah I didn't really do anything else and after four sessions the therapist said that I probably um need more of a counseling but they don't offer that service so um I would have to go and find my so almost opening the lid on mm. some really you know traumatic stuff and not being able to follow it up and I just I just want to mention everyone we're not you know we're not here we're not downing every service and don't go for CBT and stuff like that but we're going to just be honest with you. These are our experiences and you can't take our experiences. <laughs> I think it, it wasn't the right thing for me at the time. When yeah. I yeah. Sure. Um, and the second time was my GP that I went to just after I left. Mm. Um, and she basically, similarly to what Mina said, told me not so much to get on with it, but she said, um, I could prescribe you some, something, but you um, are best to just live through it. You have to experience these feelings. Um, but that was it. It wasn't, I think, what I found with this group, um, well, I started off with freedom and now continuing with this group. Yeah. It, it's like the therapy without being labeled as such yeah. that I needed. I needed to go through the feelings, but I needed to do it with being validated or being listened to you know I can't just go through it myself because I can't I couldn't make sense of my feelings then and to live through them is not living through them because you're experiencing something that you don't understand so you need like say space or someone to discuss it with yeah um and like you said similarly to um like you said that some maybe we need like a family, extended family. I feel like this group has been that for me. And maybe you just need a family that you choose yourself, surround yourself yeah. with that will yeah. hold you when you're safe around. Oh, so are you all my sisters now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and please don't say that I'm your auntie because I know I'm the older one in here. <laughs> and, and then unfortunately going through family courts, this was not my, um, my own experience, but that of someone I know. Uh, who was going through similar and mm. she contacted um, her G GP who was um, more understanding than mine and, and um, she got referred to counselling that she yeah. never had because the counsellor at the first session said if you're going through family courts mm -hmm. um, I don't want anything being used against you so I would advise you to wait till mm. after it's all done so yeah. that's what pushed me into not asking help anymore for myself until it's all done and over with yeah. um because i'm scared it's it's still it feels like a stigma and, a, and it feels like if it could be used as a weapon against me then by the defense um, I mean, it, it yeah. just, you know jenny it just reminds me this is another session that we have mm. to do <laughs> to talk about is um sexual violence cases you know and uh, is that uh, they're so traumatized if you've been um but they're you know to, the defense lawyers tend to use that as a battering ram against you that you've lied or something because it's it's come out in your counseling rather than so you have to wait maybe a year and a half to go to your trial um not to your trial no that was a good 
Freudian slip there. Yeah, your trial, like you're on trial as the victim, you have to wait um, before you can have counselling. Um, obviously, you can have counselling. I don't want to put anyone off if they're, if they're going to do that. But um, often your advice will be, you know, that this could go against you. Um, and it would like it's in some way influenced what you're going to say in court when actually no wouldn't it be better to have um you know the main witness of this crime um that's been given support for the trauma that it's been caused um through this um act wouldn't that be better than actually letting people sit in that traumatized state for well over a year to get to court to have to face their perpetrators in court which um i used to work as an advocacy um worker that went with women to court to rape cases child abuse cases and um i didn't know one woman that woman that was not traumatized and re-traumatized by having to face the perpetrator as strong as we may want to feel and you know um, trauma is trauma and if you're standing in front of someone who has hurt you in such an awful way, um, you crumble and you, you can't give your best statement. You can't link your feelings. You've pushed, put them away for a year and a half. Um, you can't link and give the precise details that you need to give in court to get someone convicted. And that's why rape cases are so low on conviction rate and will continue. And they've gone dropped. You know, we're talking, they've dropped significantly. Anyway, just gone on to another subject. But um, thank you for that, Ginny. Is there any anyone else that wants to um, say something before Shani wraps this up? <laughs> <laughs> anyone? No, okay. Well, um, wonderful speaking with you. Gone. Lovely to speak to you all again. Um, and we'll see you next week. Or you'll, we'll hear you next week. Um, with some crazy, I don't know. Shall we do something? I don't know. We're just gonna we're just gonna mash it up next week and see what comes up. Bye, Shani. Bye. Do you wanna, Shani, do you want to? Oh no. Then say a couple of words. Thank you for listening to us, and the trauma will continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bang on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. thank you so much for listening and hearing women's true life experiences don't let the conversation stop here if you want to be part of freedom to talk podcast contact me you can link yourself in through the website at www.freedomtogethercic.co uk go to the contact me page and get in touch if you have suffered any form of trauma and would like to know more about receiving neuro experiential online therapy from myself please check out the website for more information take care and be safe